We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye, recapping the Nets' loss to the Bulls, 121-112. The win streak is now over. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But as expected, the end of the streak was going to be disappointing, especially if it didn't come against a great team. The Chicago Bulls, not even over 500, have had their struggles all season. Did play well tonight for their standard. And I think what makes this loss disappointing for the Nets is a lot of it was self-inflicted. And a lot of guys just did not show up. You know, numerous role players had bad games tonight. You know, some of their worst maybe games of the season. Kevin Durant was awesome, dropped 44 points. But other than that, you know, Seth Curry, you know, did some things off the bench. But even Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Nick Claxton, and especially Royce O'Neal did not do enough surrounding Kevin Durant in this game. And I guess let's kick things off with Royce O'Neal who played 35 minutes in this game and finished with zero points. He was 0 of 9 from the field, 0 of 8 from 3, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 0 steals, 0 blocks, and 0 turnovers. But what hurt so much was the impact that these wide-open mysteries had on the team. You know, there was throughout the game, you know, first, second, third, and fourth quarter, but the ones in the fourth felt like daggers because the Nets had opportunities to really make a run. You know, they got it within seven. He had a great three, you know, on the wing and was not able to knock it down. And there was numerous wide-open threes for him down the stretch in which he either missed or was unwilling to take. And at that point in time, you know, I think as a head coach in the way that Royce played tonight, you have to look to play somebody else. And as I mentioned, you know, not many guys played well in this game, but maybe you roll with Utah Watanabe. You know, maybe that's somebody you go with because he played limited minutes tonight, but he's shown a knack for hitting those clutch shots and provides you around the same level of defense in which Royce O'Neal played tonight because I didn't think he was great on the end of the floor either. And it's not to say Royce O'Neal was the only reason the Nets lost this game because there's numerous reasons this loss happened, but I think he was one of the most glaring issues in this game given, and the Bulls had a game plan, and their game plan was, we're going to leave Royce O'Neal open from three, and we'll see how that goes, and Royce was not able to capitalize, and you know, probably all eight of these shots 
would be declared wide open threes and really good looks. And, you know, Royce is coming back from a non-COVID illness, so maybe he's not feeling 100%. But then that leads it to being on Jacques Vaughn playing this guy 35 minutes when he offensively was essentially having no impact because he was not scoring in any way whatsoever. And as I mentioned, you know, was unwilling to shoot open threes. And it gets to a point where, you know, that's just hampering the offense because now they double-team KD, they move the ball, they move it to a wide-open Royce, and nothing comes of it. The advantage is now lost. And again, his defense was not good enough to constitute him, you know, playing the amount of minutes he played or closing down the stretch. And as I mentioned, I'd probably go with Utah Watanabe. Given his success, uh, Joe Harris was not very good in this one. Seth Curry was already playing. And you obviously could make an argument for Ben Simmons to even play down the stretch, who's not very good, but at least gives you major pluses in other areas. But Jock went with some with a different look and a different decision, and that did not end up giving the Nets the outcome they wanted. I think he probably had one of her his rougher games, you know, in this last month, and obviously is going to be the case when you're on a 12 game win streak. You know, the the mistakes are going to stick out when that loss finally comes along. And I think you know some of the lineups and some of the slow reaction into what Chicago was trying to do, I think I would have tried to space them out earlier in this game. I think I would have probably you know went with Edmund Sumner early in this game, you know somebody who has had a knack for disrupting other teams. And I think what stuck out too as a major mistake for the Nets in this game was their lack of engagement intensity, aggressiveness, physicality in that first quarter. You know, they let Chicago get hot. You know, they let them get to their spots and get comfortable. And yes, Chicago hasn't been amazing this season, but if you give, you know, any NBA team a chance to find their rhythm and get to their spots and they're having a good shooting night, they're going to score and they're going to build confidence. And they scored 40 points in that first quarter. And really, that was a major difference in the game because the Nets lost the second quarter by three, won the third by seven, and lost the sixth by fourth. I mean, lost a fourth by six. So across the board, that first quarter and that fourth quarter really hurt. You know, the other two quarters are obviously manageable if you win the third and the Nets played some with some great energy in that third and really turned it up. But that fourth quarter just wasn't good enough to start. And I think another issue in this game was the non-Kevin Durant minutes. You know, when KD was off the floor, they were having issues generating good offense. And a lot of that is, you know, Kyrie Irving not having his best game, probably his worst game in a month. Even though he finished with 25 points, 10 of 24 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3, 4 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals, 1 block. I think it was just some of the poor decision making and some of the the poor shots, you know, that he's took in this game or contested early in the shot clock and taking shots that he could probably get at any point. You know, one play sticks out in the fourth quarter, had an ISO with Goran Dragic and decides to take a step back three. You know, we watched enough of Goran last year and we know enough about the rim protection of Chicago Bulls that Kyrie should probably drive that ball and try to get a shot at the rim or generate a three for somebody else. But even tonight, when they were generating threes, they weren't necessarily leading to success. And that's 12 of 37 from deep, 32% from three. And almost all of those threes came from Seth Curry and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, five of 10 from three, Seth Curry, six of seven. So the rest of the team knocked down one three in this game, and that was Kyrie Irving, one of eight. We have Royce O'Neal, 0 of eight. TJ Warren, 0 of one. Utah Watanabe, 0 of one. Joe Harris, 0 of two. Just not enough production from the three-point line when you're generating great looks. And I think that that was an issue that really hampered the team tonight, and specifically Royce O'Neal, as I talked about earlier. But when you're gener- when generating these looks and it's not leading to success, I think you do also have to adapt. And I think you know, that this would have been a game where I think using TJ Warren even a little bit more before he was injured and left with a rib contusion, 
you know, trying to get him some matchups in the post against some of these smaller wings or smaller guards that Chicago is rolling out because Chicago lost Alex Caruso in the first quarter of this game. They're Really wasn't a, great, a ton of great wing defenders on this team. You know, Derek Jones and Pat Williams are two guys that are pretty good, but you're playing Kobe White. You're playing Goran Dragic. You're playing uh, Ayo DeSamo. You're playing DeMar DeRozan. You know, Zach Levine. You know, all those guys are mediocre at best defenders and some of them being really poor. I thought there were opportunities to exploit some of these guys. You know, maybe it was a TJ Warner. Even this is where I think I get disappointed with Ben Simmons is Ben had matchups at times with smaller players and didn't look to post them up, didn't look to seal them, didn't look to generate any type of advantage. And that's where he becomes a real hamper for the team and the offense at times. And he finished with seven points in this one, three of five from the field, one of four from the free throw line, did have nine rebounds, only two assists, three steals, and four turnovers. I think this is a night where you look to bend, hey, you know, we need someone to step up in that scoring department. There's opportunities for you to attack the rim given who's playing for Chicago and the matchups you have and only taking five shots and not not being very aggressive and getting in the paint and getting downhill. And even defensively, you know, he had some good moments on Zach Levine for sure, but there were times where he had lapses, you know, giving getting driven on by Goran Dragic and taken to the rim. You know, not enough for him you know, for what the expectations are. But moving over to another guy who's been awesome all year long and didn't have a great game tonight, and that was Nicholas Claxton. Finished with 11 points, 5 of 10 from the field, 1 of 2 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 3 blocks, 1 turnover. Clax did turn up that defense in the third, had some great blocks, but also had some poor decisions. You know, trying to do too much offensively a couple times, taking bad shots, not finishing inside, and... Just getting a little bit lost in terms of the flow of the offense. And some credit going to Chicago. I thought they did a nice job, especially when Clax and Ben were on the floor of clogging the paint and forcing one of those guys to beat them. And neither guy was really able to step up that apartment. And we didn't necessarily see the adjustments from the Nets to help those guys excel. But when you're getting such poor performances from, you know, your other three starters, you know, I think Kyrie was good enough for the Nets to win this game. You know, he wasn't great, but he was good enough for them to win. When you're getting the production you got from, you know, Clax, Ben, and Royce O'Neal, it's going to be tough to win, especially when you don't have many bench players play well, if maybe only one in Seth Curry. You know, when that happens, it's going to be tough. And We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All this said, Kevin Durant dropped 44 points and shot 15 to 22 from the field, 5 of 10 from 3, 9 to 9 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, 3 turnovers. 
And with that said, and the Nets weren't able to win this game or even have a, sh- a real shot to win at the end. You know, they got it within seven as the closest they got with about two or three minutes left. You know, with a Kevin Durant performance like that, you love to see more. And, you know, credit the Bulls, I think, as well. Defensively, they really adjusted late in that third, in that fourth quarter, preventing the preventing KD from really getting many shots. You know, they forced the ball out of his hands. I believe he finished, you know, the third quarter with, you know, 38 or 39 points and only finished with 44. The Nets could have done a better job generating, you know, Kevin Durant looks or capitalizing on the looks he was creating from the double teams in the rotations created by Chicago. And that's, this is, you know, this is a, an issue and it's not something we've seen consistently for this team so we don't want to say it's a trend but you know when guys aren't knocking down shots and Kyrie's not having a great game and now all the attention is going to Kevin Durant who's able to step up and really capitalize on these opportunities you know maybe that someone down the line can be TJ Warren you know Seth Curry did a good job with that tonight but Seth's also a guy that's going to get attacked defensively and going to have issues in playoff matchups so that's something to just keep in the back of your mind for you know upcoming matchups and and we've see more losses like this in the future. I think the Nets need a little bit of a counter or another way to generate offense or win games. And you know over this stretch, it's been the defense. And tonight, as I mentioned before, the physicality and the engagement defensively wasn't good enough for four quarters. It was probably good enough in the third quarter, but other than that, it was not to the standards the Nets set in the month of December. So. A lot of frustration in that area. And I think another area of frustration, a fair you know, complaint was the officiating in this game, specifically in the first half. You know, it felt like there was at least five clear calls that went against the Nets, be it you know, fouls on Kevin Durant, be it out-of-bounds plays, whatever it is. That was a level of frustration. But at the end of the day, the Nets probably had enough opportunities to still win this game and to capitalize if they didn't make the mental mistakes down the stretch, be it turnovers. We saw two, you know, we saw a five second violation and then we saw an inbound pass turnover from Kyrie where no one was open yet to kind of throw the ball into the court, ended up being a turnover. Those are things that you just really can't have happen. And that's where I think it gets gets to be disappointing in terms of the loss. But I guess touching on some other guys, as I mentioned, TJ Warren, I left this game with a rib contusion. He scored zero points, played 14 minutes, was 0-2 from the field, 0-1 from three, three rebounds, one assist, zero turnovers. As I mentioned before, I think he's a guy that the Nets could run a play for or two or look to get him an ISO against some of these smaller wings or guards if a matchup presents itself. So you know, especially on a night like this, I maybe would try to throw TJ a couple more touches. Uh, Utah Watanabe was in foul trouble essentially majority of this game, given some poor officiating in terms of the way you know defensive fouls were called on him, especially that Demar Derozan one. You know, it looked like Utah played almost perfect defense and was still given the foul. He finished with one point, oh of two. For- 0-2 from the field, 0-1 from three, 1-2 from the free throw line, and one rebound, one assist, zero turnover, zero steals, zero blocks. Joe Harris, similar to Royce O'Neal, did not provide much for this team. Finished with two points, 1-5 from the field, 0-2 from three, uh, two rebounds, and had zero turnover, zero blocks, and zero steals. You know, you need Joe to step up in a game like this. You know, there's an opportunity for some more shots to be out there. Maybe you have to take a couple more contested threes or whatever it might be but it allows you to have a positive impact on the game. And I don't think Joe Harris did that tonight. Edmund Sumner played very limited minutes, played about four minutes in this game, finished with zero points, 0-1 from the field was his only stat, but finished plus two. And I thought he played with good enough energy that you look to go to him in other scenarios. And I think this is a mistake that Jacques Vaughn 
has continued to make in terms of not involving Sumner. And I think it's very easy to throw him out there for a spurt. It doesn't work. Pull him off. And I think there's spurts in this game where he could have been successful and could have limited some of the small backcourt minutes we saw from Seth Curry and Kyrie Irving, which continues to be an issue in every matchup. You know, you saw the Bulls with their second unit in the beginning of that fourth quarter, you know, run Goran Dragic and Derek Jones pick and rolls. And that was leading to some, you know, shots at the rim for Derek Jones. That was leading to some oops, some free throws, whatever it is. That type of thing against, you know, a mediocre to bad team in Chicago's bench unit to exploit you is something you have to look at because it's obviously not going to be sustainable in the playoffs. Better teams are going to exploit that when you're playing, you know, all of these smaller players. And yeah, it didn't help that some of the bigger wings and bigger role players were in foul trouble or just having very poor games. But that could happen in the postseason. I think that's where you look for the depth maybe on this team to increase in the wing area and also, you know, realize that there are opportunities for guys to be better or positions to be upgraded. Even if it's a, a slight upgrade, I think there's opportunities to possibly add, you know, one more closing level player that can impact both ends of the floor and especially offensively with more than just a three point shot. You know, even just putting the ball on the floor and shooting a mid-range shot, ability to finish at the rim, whatever it is. I think that's where you had to make that addition. You know, obviously you want to add that backup center or in somebody who could, you know, be a counter to a guy like Vucevic, you know, in a night like this. You know, I don't think you need to play a big center every night, but you'd love to have that option in your bag. So continue to see, you know, uh, having one more quality closing wing player and having a backup big and even potentially someone who can handle the ball a little bit more with that second unit because uh, creating and getting the offense flowing at times has been issues, sometimes with Ben, sometimes without Ben, whatever it is. You know, the the Nets had opportunities to be better in this game and they just weren't. And as I mentioned, that's really where the frustration comes uh, with this team, and especially on a night where Kevin Durant was awesome. You'd love to see the team team find a way to to grind it out. And, you know, just finally touching on Seth Curry, finished with 22 points, 8 of 11 from the field, 6 of 7 from 3, 2 assists, 1 rebound, 1 steal, 1 block. You know, these are the nights that Seth could maybe help you steal a regular season win. But I think it'd be hard to imagine many of these coming in the postseason, as I mentioned, with his lack of size and defensive issues at times. But this is also potentially a great showcase for his trade value in the upcoming month or two, you know, if, you know, another team could find him enticing and also could probably protect him a little bit better than the Nets can with their defensive style of scheme. But other than that, you, you just move on to the next game and, you know, see how they can improve. And I think as mentioned, the biggest area of improvement would be defense in trying to get back to how they're playing in that winning streak and disrupting the other team not allowing them to get to their spots and forcing, you know, players to be uncomfortable and do things that they don't typically do um, on the floor. And again, you know, the Nets still, with all of that said, had chances to really make runs in this game and get back in this game and, you know, win this game against a team that's blown a ton of leads. But overall, move on and on to the next one. And hopefully the Nets can take care of the Pelicans who will be missing Zion Williamson and potentially Brandon Ingram and have the Miami Heat this upcoming weekend, and after that is the Boston Celtics. So not much time to regroup, but also some great competition to kind of get that momentum back in the right direction. As always, big thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. 
and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com